Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. And I'm Megan. And little Martin's here, too. (laughs) We are two moms trying to make room in our lives for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. We hope you'll join us on the journey to think more and do with less. After one too many Legos in the foot, have you ever just wanted to toss all the toys in the trash? You're not alone. Toys, no matter how intentional we are with what we choose to bring into the home, we can't escape the reality of our kiddos' desire for more. In this week's episode, we'll discuss how to minimize incoming toys and how to organize the toys you already own. While it may seem impossible to fully execute, we hope some of our tips will help you feel a little more organized and more prepared for the future. Hi, Megan. Hello. So we have a third guest with us tonight, or not guest, but host with us tonight. Yes. So if you hear him babbling in the background, just, he won't take a bottle yet, so I can't leave him at home. (laughs) It's perfectly ours. Yeah. So, Megan, do you have the minimalist resource this week? I do. It is a book called Lessons from Madame Chic, 20 Stylish Secrets I Learned While Living in Paris by Jennifer L. Scott. And it's a few years old. I think it came out in 2012. But I really love it because, number one, I'm a... A Francophile, first mm, off, yeah. which I know you are too. Yes. You've taken several trips to Paris, which I am very envious of. We'll get there eventually. But this book is about the author's trip to Paris. I mean, living in Paris as um, not an intern, like what's the word, like a study abroad oh, okay. kind yeah. of deal. And she lives with this family, and these are what she learned about French life. And mm-hmm. the reason that it is minimalist is because the whole family that she lives with has like a 10 piece wardrobe. I was going to say the French are very minimalist mm-hmm. anyways and what they do. The book bringing up Bebe. It, I feel oh, like I love that book yeah, too. Yeah, I love that too. But I feel like they were minimalist in their parenting approach even. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that she has a lot of good Yeah, lessons. so it, it's a really easy read. It's fun and there's lots of great tips in it. So that is my minimalist resource of the week. And it has a cute cover. Well, for my minimalist moment of the week, I don't think we've ever talked about this before. So I was on Amazon looking for some new things for Baby Martin because I just felt like splurging. And I put a bunch of things in my cart, and I ended up not buying them because I didn't have my credit card information available. And my minimalist moment is that I turned off the buy it now feature because I Mm -hmm. felt like when I used to have that on, I would spend a lot more money. Mm -hmm. So my tip for you is to turn off that feature so that it's not easy as easy to be impulsive with Mm. your purchases because had I had had that feature on Amazon baby Martin would have a lot of new things (laughs) but because I've turned it off it was just very You're able to stop and yeah. think mindfully yeah, about Yeah, cuz you just get distracted as I am right now holding my baby. <laughs> um you get distracted in what you're doing or you don't have your credit card available at the moment and so or you can have your credit card memorized like I do. Oh, that's uh <laughs> I have my which is bad. Card memorized. <laughs> I used to bad. have the library card memorized. But now that it's on the app, it's just always on there. But anyway. Yeah, so my no, that's a great moment tip. is just turn off your buy it now because that was very helpful for me in a moment of weakness this week. But I had already turned that off. So Cool. There you go. Good job. 
Okay, so this week we're going to be talking about how to keep fewer toys in the home and just how to organize what you already do have. So really, I was thinking about this, and it really does take intentionality to limit what comes into the house because I feel like there's always a birthday, a holiday, other kiddos' birthdays where they're bringing in those little gift baggies of nonsense toys. And then kiddos do have allowances as well, so they can bring in their own purchases. So Megan, where do you keep the toys in your house? Do they have like a specific area? Or are they all over? What does it look like for you? Well, first off, we have a designated place for the toys. Mm-hmm. And I really like one of two systems because we've done it both ways. Either a playroom or area or closet where all the toys live so that you can see what you have mm-hmm. and if you already have this set or this game whatever that's nice or we've done it also where everybody's own toys are in their room mm-hmm. so that way at the end of the day what was ever around the house was picked up and put back into their room mm-hmm. now the rooms were a, are always a huge mess because that's the <laughs> that's the system we're in now but at least they're not in the common areas and yeah. all over the house so i i don't mind that as much so i guess those are having zones for the toys mm-hmm. was good is always good because then you can see what you have and then also occasionally go through and see what they are and are not playing with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say that um, like a playroom, if we had space for that, that's where it would be. Having a 900 square foot house, we pretty much have to have them in our living room. We just have like a little segmented part of our living room where all of her toys are. And then she has like a little kitchen and dollhouse. So those are just kind of like out in our sure. living room on the side. Mm-hmm. but. I mean, I have to remind myself that it's just a season and they're not always going to be there because sometimes I get really frustrated. I'm like, I just want my living room to be appealing to the eye, and I wouldn't say right. it always is. She doesn't have toys in her room. That is main, that's just her crib and dressers up there. So I'd say that we do have our area in the living room. Yeah, that's what we did when they yeah. were younger. Yeah, and that, that could change, too, as she gets older. Like, she might want to be in her room more, and so she might have more up there. All right, so we have all of these areas in our home that we have segmented for toys, but what do we do about the toys that are coming in? That's what I hope to answer, at least a little bit tonight. So how do you pare down? These are in no particular order. I have a list of six things that I wanted to discuss. First one I want to talk about is choosing quality over quantity. This is something that I saw as a nanny, just that toys would break, that it were just... I don't know, McDonald's toys are probably not going to hold up versus some nice wooden toy. So I knew, like, going into motherhood that I wanted to have higher quality toys, and I just didn't want to have to deal with things breaking or plastic, like, falling apart. I don't know. That's just how Mm -hmm. I have a personal preference, maybe. But I also feel like, yeah, you're just not wasting money on replacing things all the time. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I always asked for the higher quality toys and fewer number and would specify that like on a Christmas list or whatever or I would ask for maybe different sets Mm. meaning like if there was say Olive has a dollhouse and she would like a bedroom set for that dollhouse you know kind of adding to something that we already have Um, and so we would have chosen 
the type of dollhouse and the different sets that would go into it so that were that were of the quality that we would want. And like you said, just plastic in general, there are so many toys that are, for example, with the boys and the Transformers mm-hmm. that would... I mean, they're okay quality, but inevitably they would twist them so much that they would break, Mm -hmm. and they never seem to play with them the way that it's intended, if that makes sense. Like, they always imagine that these things are doing other things. Yeah. Uh, So... It, I don't know why that riles us up as parents, but like, no, that's not how you're supposed to use that. Yeah, I can be like, a total freak about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, the next thing I have on the list is make lists for family members at holidays and birthdays. So this is something that I also knew going into parenthood that I wanted to do just because, again, being a nanny was super insightful and seeing what the grandparents would bring into the house, or even, like, aunts and uncles. So mm-hmm. I just feel like whenever we have one of those holidays coming on up, I send my Amazon wish list out. I have one for Charlotte, I have one now for baby Martin, and then I have one for Marty and I, for like, for our mm. household. So that's been really helpful to just... They can still have an element of surprise, because obviously they're not going to get us everything on that wish list, but mm-hmm. it it's stuff that I want or know that yeah. we need. So. We've, we've done the Amazon gift list, however... We had issues with people not removing the item oh. or marking that it was purchased and then receiving multiple, and then everybody's embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that. Ha- it's usually a really good solution, mm-hmm. but if you have people that aren't as tech-savvy, we, I now actually just went to giving each side of the family a couple ideas. Mm-hmm. So they weren't the same ideas, but I would give, you know, aunts and uncles a couple ideas. Or we, we do um, a gift exchange, so I really don't have to worry about that on one side. Mm-hmm. And then I know that I'll do the same thing for, like, my mom, for us. You mm-hmm. know, I give her a couple ideas for us, a couple ideas for the kids. And that has worked out the best for us. Yeah, and I think we've discussed this on previous podcasts, but... I mean, for Charlotte's Christmas, we had our grandparents renew our COSI, which is their science museum membership. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're not even bringing toys into the house with a lot of the gifts that we oh, ask yeah. for. So that's helpful, too. That's my favorite. Buy. The zoo memberships. Yeah. The science um, museum. Yeah, we have a little conservatory with butterflies here in Columbus that we were members of for her first year of life. Just to even just, like, for us, kind of as an escape. So. Mm-hmm. I definitely would say to make lists for your family members, and that is very helpful. Yeah. Next on my list is every time you bring a new toy in, you toss one out, or you donate mm. it, whatever you mm-hmm. like, but one in, one out. I especially do that with stuffed animals, right. which is really cruel. But <laughs> I could not do that with my daughter, the stuffed animal one, because she names them all, and I swear, counts heads before she goes to well, sleep. Well, she's at also night. older, so like yes. I could do this with a two-year-old. I'm oh sure yeah, Charlotte will become Obvious. more aware. And I have done that, yeah. and but she just like that's her thing. She loves, and so yeah. I'm like, okay, you're allowed to have this many. I don't I don't put a number on it, but you're allowed to have fill this basket with stuffed animals and if this basket is overflowing we have to consider Mm -hmm. do we need to give away some do we need to donate what do we need to do with these and it's not always easy but um, sometimes I do steal away the ones that are on the bottom that Mm -hmm. I haven't seen in a long time just for for like a few weeks and if she doesn't ever notice or ask about them then 
I mean, and I, they, don't like I feel like they don't. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I not often that as a child, but no. I actually I need to do that with myself for clothes. I mean, if yeah. I get a shirt, one goes out. Yeah, that's what I need to. I I tend to do. I think the net effect is the same, but I tend to do a bulk every like maybe three months, especially with my wardrobe, with clothing, as you were saying. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm changing out for the seasons, I'll look at everything I wore for the last three months and then get rid of a few pieces and then maybe buy a few pieces for the upcoming mm-hmm. one. So with toys, normally right before Christmas, we'll do an overhaul mm-hmm. or like if you do painting projects in your house or yeah. renovations as we've been doing, we've had to move stuff around so much that we've had the opportunity as we're cleaning up to move it out to mm-hmm. sift through it. And then before, I would say like a spring cleaning or like bef- mm-hmm. before the summer Mm-hmm. We'll do it at least so at least twice a year. We've gone through all the toys and purged what we need to. Well, that brings me to my next thing that mm-hmm. we'll talk about: regularly purging. I I feel like that is very significant. Going through and seeing what they still play with, what they don't play with, and I know we sometimes frown upon keeping things that we don't think we'll necessarily need in the future but I do think that if you know you want to have more children maybe keeping some items in the basement in a bin just market sure. kids toys and then once you're done toss those toys if you obviously aren't going to have any uh-huh. more babies or toddlers if you don't keep it in your basement I thought that you could donate to either family members or um, I have a list of different various things I'll put in the show notes various charities um, Mm. that you can donate to Mm -hmm. so I'll put those in the show notes for you guys to see get some ideas so do you you said you regularly purge your toys though like once of every six months Mm -hmm. or so Uh, it depends on like you said they go through phases where I feel like I have a lot of little things Mm -hmm. and I might have to purge and sometimes it we don't acquire much I guess I do have as far as like the way we store them and I think that also helps meaning we have baskets it's not super strict but we have if you can imagine those Ikea or Target Square cubbies each of the kids has some of those and like there's a cubby for balls and there's a cubby for transformers and there's a cubby for legos and there's Mm -hmm. a cubby for this marble set they have or that's a great idea yeah so it's like everything has a place yeah and we even have like the junk drawer of toys (laughs) where it's all those little happy meal toys or the free with whatever toys Mm -hmm. that they come home with grab bag stuff any little thing that they come home with gets thrown in that bin, and then I go through those every once in a while. And I was gonna—that was my next awesome. question for you. Since you do have older children, do you allow them to be a part of the purging process? Because I think that some parents want their children to actually be a part of that process, mm-hmm. but others, I feel like, would just throw tantrums, and that you might just want to avoid right. that altogether. I with my oldest, who is nine, she is. Just becoming, I would say, to the point where she can self-regulate. Okay. And she keeps her room fairly picked up mm-hmm. and, and keeps her things. She has little, like, play areas that she'll set up little scenarios and all that. So she is pretty much on her own and is able to make decisions when I say, 
Now you're going to probably get a few more things. Is Are there things in here? Do you play with this? Do you mm-hmm. want to give this away? She's really good about it. The, the boys, which are five and seven right now, first of all, don't care. <laughs> they they would rather be doing anything than go through toys. Yeah. You know, they they really don't understand. And I even went through them. Like, we had a bin of just – it was the junk drawer bin – of toys Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay can you tell me the things that you don't like anymore and he goes through every single one of like 30 things and wanted every single one of them so I was like okay this is not going to be effective yeah so after they left for the day I took out five or six things that I know that he never plays with Mm -hmm. and he hasn't asked about them since and didn't even notice so you know there's always the bigger better toy that comes in and they forget about that makes me think of Toy Story (laughs) (laughs) some toys like going no where is he (laughs) no that was my problem in childhood because I would I watched that movie as a kid and I'm like oh my gosh I can't forget about my old dolls when I get new ones I've thought about that all the time so anyways another thing that is on my list is to avoid fads if you can Mm. so I was thinking about this in regards to just my childhood and my giant collection of beanie babies that my dad pulled Mm -hmm. out on Sunday when I was over there and I just why does my dad still have these (laughs) and they still have the tag protectors on them oh my gosh yeah I will tell you that my sister collected those and my parents pulled we did, we didn't have a basement growing up we they had a crawl space because they oh, were on yeah. a floodplain yeah. and which was super annoying to get down in there so if yeah. you stored it you stored it for a long time yeah. and they pulled this box out and it was all of those beanie babies but mice had gotten oh, into them it was disgusting oh, my. it was so gross so they were just like and we're throwing all of these away but the is new that a baby or is that a mouse? Like, uh, yeah, I, don't even want, I was like, I don't even want to dig through this because yeah. I don't want to know yeah. what I'm going to find. Like, yeah. So, um, but the new version of Beanie Babies is Beanie Boos. Oh, it's a Thai thing, and they're small animals, stuffed animals that have these huge eyes. Uh-huh. And I mean, they're cute, but they come in different sizes. And my daughter has a million of them. Uh, but they're the next gen okay. of stuffed animals to collect. So that's something that it would be an abundance of toys. I was thinking of, I had Pokemon cards too as a kid. I don't, I, I like oh, this yeah. boy down oh, the street. Oh, my sons have Pokemon cards for sure. <laughs> yeah, oh, so that's still mm-hmm. a thing? Oh, it's, oh, oh wow. for, yes. Okay. Once Pokemon Go came out. Oh, uh, became a thing again. It is definitely a thing again. So okay. they, they do the card trading and they want them for birthdays christmas all yeah. that stuff yeah well also for 80s or 90s kids that are listening the cabbage patch doll was a big oh, yeah. thing um i was thinking i had a furby that was big those are just like single items the tickle me elmo i think my cousins would get so mm-hmm. don't give in to this fad toy just because every other parent is and your child needs needs quote unquote to have it i think if we can avoid that and just think be intentional about our purchases i don't know but i at the same time, like, sometimes if that's, like, their one gift they really have to have, it's right. like, well, then you're not going to get all these yeah. other toys. So. That's where if they're old enough, mm-hmm. you can talk to them ahead of time before birthdays or Christmas or whatever and talk about expectations and talk about, okay, you have this many toys or this even dollar amount if mm-hmm. they're old enough mm-hmm. to what would you like? Or as we've talked before, if you have 
you want something to read, something to play with, mm-hmm. something, whatever those categories are. Yeah. Giving them parameters to mm-hmm. work in is um, always good. And I think, you know, if that's, like, really, truly the thing that they want, then, you know, yeah. they can... They can make that they choice. They can make that choice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can link to that. We talked about that in our Christmas episode last year, mm-hmm. so I'll link to that in the yeah. show notes so people can go back and listen as we discussed presents. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and then lastly, I have on this list, analyze your reasoning for the purchase. Is it a need or want? I think just that we have to like step back and, again, just realize what's driving us to buy this. Is it because of popular culture? Is it because it's something that we think will really make our kid happy and we want to surprise them in that way is it to keep up with the joneses why are we buying these things Mm -hmm. because we think we might we have fomo this is on sale now i might not be able to get it at this cheap of a price next time so i have to buy it now so yeah i would just say that might even be the biggest thing that we need to think about with our own behaviors is analyzing Mm -hmm. why we are making these purchases right So, so megan that was my list of things that i came up with to pare down the toys that we have in our homes but did you have anything else you wanted to add what about toy rotations have you ever done that i've heard of it but i've never done it okay so the basic concept for those who might not be familiar is that you have a cache of toys that you keep in a closet that's high enough that the kids cannot access it, cannot play with them, and then you rotate out depending on if either it's monthly or sometimes there's a reward system for if they're good, they get to take down a new toy or whatever it is. I have not done that just because, number one, it's something I have to maintain. Mm -hmm. And then inevitably I would fail at maintaining that because Mm -hmm. my care level is very low Mm -hmm. on whether or not their toys are rotated out. So I find that the same with clothing, with a lot of other things in life, with decorations even. I've pared down my home decorations Mm -hmm. incredibly to where there's only like a few signs that I will switch out for the season's if that. So I haven't done the toy rotation thing. I have just made sure that everything that is out, actually, I will like not maybe rotate it. I will like move games or reorganize, I should say. Mm -hmm. And then it's like they're total new toys. (laughs) So you don't even have to like, you know, do a major overhaul or keep this intricate system. Just even... I was just reorganizing because I was like, oh, the games would look better here and maybe they could reach this better if this was over here. And then they started playing with them again. So anyway, that was um You can probably that... link it to behavioral. Like if, if your child is having like behavioral issues, say I'm taking away your really awesome kit of Legos until you can start being nice to your brother and then mm-hmm. we'll bring that toy back into our rotation. I don't know. I'm just thinking off the top of my head if how you could actually use that if you didn't want to like maintain on a monthly basis right. but if you wanted to actually use it for like I said behavioral issues mm-hmm. that could be something mm-hmm. but I do like the idea of toy rotation like maybe if I did it I'd have to write it down in my planner like it's time mm. to change the toys otherwise yes. I'd forget as well so right there's too I much f- to manage I feel like yes as long as you're not putting a toy rotation into effect because you cannot handle all the toys you have currently mm-hmm. or you can't give up some of those toys. So you're like, oh, well, I'll just do a toy rotation so I can store them all in this closet. And then they're, 
you know, forgotten about or they mm-hmm. should have been gotten rid of anyway mm-hmm. if they're things that they didn't really play with actively. So yeah. that would be my one cool. caveat. Well, I did want to say, Megan and I were talking before we started podcasting this episode, and um, a lot of you are just like, we have so many toys, we don't even know where to start with purging, and our advice to you is just start. I mean, grab some trash bags if you have to, and like I said, I'll give you some links on how to donate. I mean, you can donate things to preschools or churches. Get them all in one place. Number one, get them all in one place, like with any other organization or purging project is you got to remove it all from where it is. Mm-hmm. So if you have, like I said, storage closets and you have them in their rooms mm-hmm. and you have them downstairs and you have a basement or whatever, try to get them all together in one see place and mm-hmm. see what you have because it's amazing. It was amazing to me. I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize even with our kids having minimal toys, we had three sets of blocks. I'm like, where did these other two sets come from? I had no idea. So that is step number one getting them all together then figuring out if you have multiples getting rid of those and figuring out what they recognizing i guess what they actually play with i think too another idea is putting and it's extreme it can be extreme but literally removing all of the toys for a season or putting them all in one place Mm -hmm. and seeing what they themselves choose to take out and play with one at a time I was, I said in a previous podcast, I believe, that when we had our carpeting put into the kids' rooms, we had to take everything out of their rooms, and they had to go into my room where everything was put and take out the things that they wanted to play with. And it was amazing to me. It was eye-opening to Mm -hmm. me what they actually used and played with. Yeah. Well, that actually segues into the last thing I wanted to talk about. You said that they used uh, like just blocks or like little yes. characters. The things they that they chose. Yes. The things that they chose were their Legos, a few board games. My daughter wanted her animals and her um, her dollhouse, okay. and that was really it I mean blocks and Legos anything building they just love and we came across an article actually mm-hmm. where a father asked his I believe it was a 9 and 11 year old kids to brainstorm if they were to only have five toys on it they were on a desert island and they could only pick five toys to take with them which five would they be? And they came up with the answers of a medium-sized ball, so mm-hmm. they could play all different kinds of games, set of playing cards, so they could, again, play all different kinds of games with them, mm-hmm. their lovey or their stuffed animal, whichever was most precious to them. And then what was it? Legos. Legos. Which you can build, I mean, kids can be Numerous amount of things. Legos. And then they picked one board game, mm-hmm. which, is it Settlers of a Cat- Catan? Was that oh, what it was? Oh my gosh, yeah. Marty loves that. <laughs> I've never played it. Yeah, you don't want so, to. So, okay. <laughs> sorry for all you love. So whichever <laughs> game might be appropriate. We play a lot of sorry in our okay. house or shoots and ladders. I mean, you know. I think Settlers of Catan because it takes so long. So maybe they're like, we want to pass time on okay. this island. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why they wanted to do that. But that might be a good exercise yeah. if you want to open up the conversation with your kids. You know, what are the things, if you could only pick five things in here, what would you choose? And you don't have to immediately get rid of everything, but at least it would help you to prioritize and Mm -hmm. decide what is most important for your family. Yeah, I think that we just have to keep in mind that, like, 
we are really doing our kids a disservice when we overindulge them, when we give in to everything that they want, and we have all this abundance of toys. I mean, they really don't need it, and it's just so comical what they end up playing with. Like, Charlotte had Marty's tape measure today, which I really didn't want her having, but, like, that entertained her for quite some time. Oh, yeah. So it, we have things around our house that they can do imaginative play with. So I think it really is an important thing to pare down toys that our kids are playing with or not playing with. Um, and it's hard to say no, but they that's why we're there. Mm-hmm. They need us to say no and set boundaries. So mm-hmm. I feel very strongly about this. That reminds me about a simple parenting book that mm-hmm. I read a while back, and they were talking about the psychology behind children and play. And mm-hmm. when they are most stimulated by toys that are simple Mm -hmm. and that sounds counterintuitive you would think that toys that had the most bells and whistles that did the most things Mm -hmm. would be the most entertaining but it's really toys where they're encouraged to use their, their imagination that it opens up most for you and as we said earlier you're like, wait, why are you using this thing for, you know, it's a ship and you're supposed to use it as a ship, but you're piling it on top of something else to do something else, you know. So they, I remember them in the in the book suggesting those simple toys, the blocks, the, even, this is a fun one, like just clothespins and scarves mm. so that they can, or really long scarves, you know, something larger, so they can make little tents in their room mm. and hide under them. I, I did that all the time as a kid, mm. made blanket forts mm-hmm. and that kind of a thing. Um, jump ropes and I mean, they just they their imaginations fly mm-hmm. no matter what. So just giving them a few simple things or being minimal, like taking away Mm -hmm. as much so that they can allow their imaginations to roam and really learn about their world because that's the most important part in their early childhood development is, you know, exploring and learning what Mm -hmm. things do and why it makes the sound when I crash it against this other thing instead of the, the... Uh, world we are putting on top of it or the story we're putting on top of it if it's you know a Pokemon or a Disney princess or whatever it is there's nothing wrong with those things Mm -hmm. but it's it's pigeonholing that toy into that story Mm -hmm. versus whatever story that they can dream up for it Mm -hmm. I agree that was very articulate. <laughs> <laughs> Something I can't do tonight. <laughs> well, you have baby brain. It's yeah. okay. Well, we want to hear your thoughts. You can keep the conversation going with us by visiting our website, minimalistmomspodcast.com. And there you'll find links to our Facebook page, our new Instagram account, and where you can find Megan and I all around the web. So thank you for joining up on this journey. And we wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.